Welcome to Problematic As Fuck, the show where we take controversial topics and make them conversational. We dare to have the conversations you are too scared to have that challenge the status quo and interrogate the times we are living in. One, One fucked up comment at a time. I'm B. And I'm Fee. And today's problematic opinion is. Today's problematic opinion is. Can you be about Africa without being in Africa? Ooh. This question is especially for people who are of African descent. And are living, studying and working abroad? Okay. Yeah, that's an interesting conversation. Um, and today we have a guest um, who will introduce himself shortly. But essentially he is from Zim, currently based in the UK. Um, and doing some really, really cool stuff in Africa. Um, so, yeah, we'd like to introduce you to our first male guest. Um, Tana, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you for that, guys. So, my name is Tana, as you said. Uh, Zimbabwean born and raised. I currently live in London. I lived only when I was 18, so all my life was been in Zimbabwe. And I'm working in uh, banking in London. But I'm also involved in Africa, because that's my heart. Uh, but yeah. Okay, so talk about that a bit more, about the work that you do in Africa. Oh, the work I do in Africa? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, okay, so I guess maybe given a bit of my background might be useful. So I studied civil engineering, um, and my dissertation was in renewable energy. So I think, like, the biggest problem in Africa is our infrastructure. So things like energy uh, are a basic necessity that we need. So I think if we can crack that then everything else can fall into place a little bit. So about my business, um, it's called Umdilo Energy. Uh, Umdilo is a total word meaning fire. Um, what we do is try to connect the diaspora to Africa. So if you live in the UK or in Europe, you can essentially send energy back home to Africa uh, mm-hmm. using our platform. So what you have to do is essentially pick from one or four packages and you can pay monthly for that system. And that system will be installed at like a parent's home or your home or home you're building, but on that continent. So it's financing from the UK, from Europe, for African-based renewable energy projects. Okay. Um, And I guess then my next question is, um, setting up your business, was it something that you felt you couldn't necessarily do um, in Zim while you were in Zim? Or is is it because you are running the business from the UK because that's where the funds are coming from? Um, I guess, like, um, I have no choice. So, so... I came to the UK for uni, right? So I came for uni, did uni for three years, um, graduated, got a job, luckily. Uh, by, the, by the way, it's quite difficult to get a job here. Militia applied to 100 places, only got one, but that, that, was, that was good enough. Um, and then I've been based here because of that, right? Um, but as my career progresses, I got to a point where I was like, um, I'm working in England, it's, it's really interesting. Um, it's okay, actually, yeah. Um, but my purpose is home, so I need to really just start something now. Otherwise, if I decide to go back and then start it, it might be too late. It might have moved on. I might be out of touch. I might be too committed to what I'm doing here. And I'm still young and energetic. Let me do it now, right? And I was like, what, what can I do that will connect Africa and where I am? And it's still about the things I care about, i.e. energy. So I was like, okay, cool. There's actually people in Zim who, just like me, are the diaspora and they have family back home, right? Like myself, I have my mom back home, right? Um, I'm easily a customer who can buy a solar system for for Zim, because Zim has terrible energy issues. Maybe that's some context you need. Zim has terrible energy issues. We have 
in at some you know at some points in time, eighteen hours of blackouts, or, mm. or you know twelve to twelve to eighteen, um, six to twelve, that kind of thing. So something I couldn't, I, could, I decided I can do in England with a partner in Zimbabwe and see how it works. I will essentially do it for the time being, and and then transition from there. But essentially, I was in England and I I just had to to start something um, as soon as I could because the opportunity is there and we need to change rapidly. I think so. I got to answer the question, but that's that was the angle. Yeah, definitely answered the question. Um, but I think what we're bringing up is more of a... So there's kind of two points that I would like to make. So the first is around like... Um, well, maybe let's go back and, and speak about why you went to England in the first place. Um, and thinking about like, is there value in uh, studying on the continent, working on the continent and still pushing the same ideas that you have? So what are the kind of opportunities that you found... Um, and used while being abroad versus the things that you couldn't do while being in Zim or being on the continent? Um, I would say, I'll say probably the biggest thing, the big standout is uh, financing. Um, so financing in Africa is, 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 is quite difficult. Just getting money for business, right? Anyone to get any money for business from a bank. If you sell tomatoes, if you do whatever, getting financing is quite hard in Zim. Mm-hmm. Um, in Africa, number one, it's... It's local currency based, and number so it fluctuates. Number two, it's um, these high interest rates. It's between twenty-two to sixty percent, seventy percent in some some instances. So, getting um, stable currency financing in a fiat currency at low interest rates is number one. That's the one thing that I think Europe offers more than more than Africa. Some financial institutions are doing well, maybe in South Africa, but I think the rest of the continent has a lot of work to do. Yeah, and I think that brings me to um, my next question is, so a lot of conversations I have with some of my friends from other African countries, um, Fee and I are South African, but when we have conversations with friends from some other African countries, I, I've realized that there is also some um, a level of privilege that South Africans have in a way that um, people from other African countries don't necessarily have. And so that's that's why there is an immigration kind of um, mentality because it's like when I'm moving to another country, be it Europe, be it the States or whatever, I'm literally moving to go and do things that I know that I don't have access to in my current country, right? And there's a reason there's um, high populations of students from Zim and Kenya, et cetera, in South African universities because it's like the opportunities that I currently have in my country are not sufficient. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think uh, to an extent, it, it, it is a little bit easier for a South African to to question whether um, a Zimbabwean in England is really about Africa if, you know, they're studying in England and um, working out of England to benefit um, South Africa. I mean, um, their, their particular country. So I just want to get, like, your thoughts around that. Um, okay, so my thoughts around um, is this Zimbabwean in England really about Zimbabwe when yes. they're in England? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that's a heavy question to ask mm. uh, to ask someone because because I mean, as, as as difficult as it sounds, we don't owe the country anything. Um, no, so no, I think for, that's true. so yeah, because they they don't really. I mean, we love our countries, but I think we need to take care of ourselves. Maybe on mm. a, on on a on a maybe individual basis. We all have parents who sacrificed quite a lot for us um, and have essentially taken out massive loans, you know, sold off assets, borrowed, gone into debt to mm-hmm. send us to school, to send us abroad, to send us to uni, to send us to USA, uni uh, in England, uni across the continent of Africa, to send us to school. Um, 
when we finish school, we we essentially if if life was a balance sheet, we're in debt, right? Mm-hmm. We're in debt to to life to our parents because we sank a lot of funds into getting a certificate. You made no return on anything. So, I think you owe it to the people who put you in that position to get yourself in order, right? Not you don't owe the money, but you need to get your life in order, get a secure um, career, start a business, do something that has um, a return on investment for what they did for you. First of all, sort that out. And then when you get to a comfortable place, maybe after working for three years, you're going to be like, okay, um, what can I do for the country? What can I do for the continent? Um, a lot of Zimbabweans in, in England as well, or you know, Africans in England, want to go back home, want to help you know, their countries. But I think, I, think, I think Africa is not that transparent, and there's not that many channels or platforms that they can even access to, to help the continent. So it can be difficult. But I think people are keen but you really have to be hungry for those opportunities and have someone you trust on the ground to do that. Mm. But, I, but I would also just say not everyone is needs to be, or, I mean, it would be nice, but not everyone has to be super patriotic to die for their country and the continent. Ooh. Some people just yeah. No, that's so a great point. Yeah. No, it's definitely a great point. Um, so I, I suppose the question for me would be like, do you have any thoughts about, so... There's a, there's a huge movement around decolonizing institutions of education, particularly decolonizing the way we think about things. Um, but I, uh, some feedback I've gotten from people who also have studied in the UK and, and returned to South Africa was that the mentality of um, employers or people to the idea of like this person, like they have a certain name on their certificate and they get more opportunities than someone that may have gone to uh, local school is a very well in some industries is a very like colonial mindset right um, and I'm speaking particularly about South Africa so I, I just wonder what you think about that and if you have any plans to come home and, and how you would imagine like being received when you come home because of course things have changed in Zim there's definitely people who are pushing things in in, in your industry as well I'm sure right um, and so how do you stay connected with people on the ground without um, it being in a kind of colonial type of way, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a great point. Um, I think, yeah, yeah, there is there is a lot of that on the continent where someone from the UK who started in the UK has a degree in engineering or ETC marketing, accounting, and they go back and they are received a lot better than the locals. That's just that's just how, yeah, that's just like how the world has just engineered us to think. I think through colonization through a lot of events that black people go through globally, I think. Mm. Um, social engineering. Um, it's, it's not a good practice. It's not a good practice. But I think, I think, I think, in Zim's case, I think, I don't think that's still as bad as, as it used to be. I think a lot of us are getting more, more, more international experience. And people are realizing that some of the people who do come from abroad uh, and, and get into work locally aren't, aren't as experienced as we might, we might think in the context of, of, of Africa. Mm-hmm. Because a degree in one place, and in theory, I mean, um, the practical in another place is quite different. If I was to come back, I would, I would, I, I think I would be smart about it, and I would, and I would actually utilize that to my to my advantage. I would have to, um, I, I think I'd be foolish not to. But then I would also essentially make sure I look out for those people that have that have that that talent that I I don't, I don't have in my own capacity. And it's a difficult one. It's a difficult one. Um, because I haven't actually gone back and, 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 and experienced it. I've only, I've only essentially um, heard examples. But it's, I, th- I, th- I think, 
as a student, right? If, if I was in that, in, that, in that position where I was in the, on, in, in the, on the consulate and I was facing competition from people coming from abroad, I would essentially make sure that during my degree or during some phase of my education, I can get practical experience, like internship, um, um, apprentices, something of that nature. Because when it comes to them comparing me to this England person, mm. I, I want to beat them on the ground. And it's, it's going to be quite obvious. And it is quite obvious. So that's the best thing you can do because it's a tough situation to change. But I think that's probably the best way I, I, I would do it. But why, why, do you, why do you feel that you'd beat them on the ground? Yeah, why do you feel like, um, so I think you mentioned at the end that you'd beat them on the ground, right? Yeah, because... Why? Yeah, why? Yeah, why? why? Because I have local context. Because I have local context. Because uh, um, you're in a position where you, you, you can't really control the narrative. So your best bet is, is to be good at the job. Is, mm. is, is to be, to be, I'm not sure if you have attention to detail. I'm not sure. It depends on the nature of the job, right? I think... Your best bet is to be good technically and, and, and be good on in the business sense and socially and in the leadership skills negotiation. That, that, that's the best way you can do it. I'm not sure. I'm not keen to your, your thoughts, but that's, mm-hmm. I think that's, those are the only tools you, you actually possess in, your, in, 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 in that situation. But it's up to you to convince the employers as well that you are the best person for the job. Because I think, as I said, I don't think we're still we're as bad as we used to be. People are quite more neutral. Um, and the world is quite globalized, and you can learn anything mm-hmm. that is being done by person in the UK in, in Africa anyway, really, to be honest. Mm. Um, yeah. So then, which brings me to my next question is, um, and I think we touched on it a little bit earlier, but essentially what I'm trying to understand is um, you are, you were 18 at some point, you were faced with the decision, do I study in Zim, do I study um, in the UK? What were some of the things or, or, or the things that you had to consider to say, a UK education in this particular field would be better than um, a University of Zimbabwe education in this particular field because it's not as if that that um, faculty didn't exist locally. So I'm just trying to understand, you know, what was was there a knowledge gap that you noticed you might be able to fill better overseas versus at home, um, and if so, what was that gap, and and how were you able to you know um, to reconcile that? Yeah, um, that's actually that's actually very interesting. So when I made that decision to actually go to to the UK, you'd be you, you, yeah, you'd be quite disappointed to know that the only the only factor I looked at based on my my experience of life so far was that a degree from the UK that says um, civil engineering BEng would look better mm. than than a local one. The issue that 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 was that was just my my analysis. Um, mm. So that's actually quite terrible. That. That's that's the way an eighteen year old, um, you know, African male would think, but that 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 was the rationale. But on that note, um, I think the things after moving, the thing is to consider as well to add to that. So that was the only reason, or quite a few reasons, obviously, because it's a big life change. I think I wanted to get a broader horizon. Um, I think I just wanted to see what else, what else is out there. The only time I can do this would be now. So I think I just wanted to actually, it was just curiosity to see what what's out there. I wanted to learn how the, the, world, the, the world's dominance work, just essentially how, what, what is it that they can do that we don't do. Um, and only after leaving Africa and then being in England, um, I realized how much love I have for the continent because it's not rocket science. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's not that complicated. It's actually not that deep. It's, it's actually quite, it's just organization, right? 
right? And then deploying resources where they need to be. It's, 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 it's quite easy. We just have very bad systems and um, our leaders could 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 do with with some improving 100% across function. Mm-hmm. So um, after getting that, you know, taking those boxes, you know, getting that degree, getting that knowledge, getting that exposure, there was not much to, to, um, to, 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 to Europe that there's not in Africa. So I think that curiosity helps me in shaping what I want to do for the future. It helps me, it gives me a bird's eye view of the problems that we have here and where exactly, what we can do to solve them. Um, yeah, so I think, I think that answers the question. Any, any gaps? You said you mentioned any gaps. Any gaps in terms of? Um, no, I think you've, you've, you've adequately answered the question. And I, and I really just want to thank you for, for the honesty in that, you know, the decision was simply that um, with, you know, where the world is, etc. if uh, um, a degree that comes from a UK university looks better than one that comes from one from home, which is unfortunate, but that's the reality, right? And of course, Fee and I are not going to sit here and be like, you know, I mean, we have mentioned numerous times on the shows that we also have aspirations of working overseas and stuff. And so, you know, these are conversations that we're constantly having to say, um, if I want to work overseas, does that necessarily mean, or can I still say that I'm about my country, you know? Um, and, and I think it's important to have these chats to not only just have the chats, but also just see how deeply you know, neo-colonialism really goes because, you know, essentially it's it's sort of like ingrained in our subconscious mm. to say that like, you know, um, even just the decision to go study abroad, for, ex- for example, um, because it's going to look better, it already shows some kind of like you perceiving a certain place to be more superior than the one that you call home. Mm. Um, and I think it's important to have those conversations and to actually say me wanting to work overseas what does that really mean, you know? Mm. Um, what what does brain drain look like now, you know? And um, you often hear, um, not just politicians, but just older generations saying, you know, we're losing a lot of very good talent in our country and we are trying to build a country, but all the young people are leaving. And it's like, because we're not having those frank conversations, because the reality is in order for me to progress, I can't be in a country that has 18 hour power outages. Do you know what I mean? I as can't, a civil engineer. As a civil engineer. Like, I can't um, efficiently, you know, create the things that I want to create because those are the, the you know, that's the, the, the context in which I operate in. Yeah. Um, look, I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit. Mm. Um, because I think we're talking about things on a micro level, right? So, Tanan, you've spoken about your experience, why you left Um, why you're choosing to stay in the UK and why you've chosen to create a business that is linked to Africa. But I want to push back a little bit to say like nothing will change if we keep thinking about things in this way, right? Mm. Um, If we keep, yeah, if we keep like trying to go to different places to, well, in my mind, right? So if you think about it on on a macro level and think about like, for example, where are your investments? If most of your investments are abroad, then it makes sense for you to um, to be placed abroad and to live abroad because you have an inter- a vested interest in mm. that economy doing well. Mm. If you have local investments or if you have... Uh, and investments can even be like social investments in terms of family. And I know you don't owe... Like, we, we don't owe our countries anything. Mm. Um, but for me, I'm like... There will, will never be progress if you don't at least attempt... Mm. to make things better as hard as it can be because otherwise you you stay in a in a almost comfortable position and um 
yeah, and you don't see the progress that you want to see, at least not at the speed you want to see it. And I say that because, for example, there's, I know uh, there's, there's people doing kind of a lot of work around renewable energy in South Africa uh, and in different places on the continent. I, I can't name them in particular. But what would be really interesting would be for like cross-continental collab collaboration. So I don't know the, d the details of how your business works. Um, and this is not about your business in particular because mm. it's thinking about things... Um, yeah, like I was macro. saying, on a more macro level and yeah. thinking about investment and where the money is flowing, where the ideas come from, where the skills are. And I also raise this because like, um, so I do, um, so I, I do research, right? Mm -hmm. And it's really important to have publications out of Africa, mm -hmm. um, around research in Africa, rather to, than have it be, you know, international research being done about Africa. I say that I, I just recently finished uh, a degree doing research about Africa, but with an international institution. But I recognize that there's like this dissonance that exists in me, like having these beliefs, but still knowing in the back of my mind that mm. like, it's important to have um, like a more global portfolio than uh, a, 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 port yeah, than a portfolio that's too localized. Yeah. So yeah, what are your thoughts around like that? Yeah, that's a, that's, those are really good points you raised. Um, a, a lot of thoughts to actually go through. So firstly, I think, yeah, we, on a macro level, we definitely should be more um, loyal, at least not loyal, but uh, I don't know what the word is, patriotic mm -hmm. to our continent, right? We are a group of talented people who can really change the continent in two generations. So we, anyway, within a lifetime, right? mm -hmm. we can do that. Um, but I think people want to contribute to Africa. People really want to change it. People want, people, yeah, people, people want to do work, but there's a, there's a few, there's a lot of constraints that, just don't allow us to do that, right? Like basic infrastructure. Um, just back, going back to that 16-hour, 18-hour blackout um, thing you mentioned, right? Even if I'm a if I'm a developer and I'm the best Java, uh, you know, Python developer in in the world, I, I have the best Mac at everything, right? All the resources there. I, I can't work if I don't have interested in half the day. Mm -hmm. I, have, I have numerous examples of developers in SA who work with devs and Zen who we sometimes they just drop them off because mm. there's a fuel situation, there's an electricity situation, we just can't work with them, you know, we'll go back to SA, right? So things like electricity, policies around um, industrializing. So you're right, um, we need to have the conversation, actually, maybe on the actions bit. We need to have the conversation around these elements. Electricity, policies, any training programs from companies, right? Um, I'm not sure what it's South African banks, but I'm, I'm, I've heard, uh, well, essentially, I know a few instances of Nigerian banks when they build an IT system for payments, right? They don't get developers from the country, from that country. Mm. And most of the time, they outsource them from India, mm. because Indian devs and analysts and project managers have delivered these projects, and they know what they look like time and time again. Right? That's what outsourcing, right? Um, business process outsourcing. So we need to have the conversation, and then we need to change and a lot, change a lot of things that are very macro, which which I think a lot of people feel helpless to do. So yeah, conversation around training policies. Companies should be able to get local talent, train them up to do these things that they want them to do. Then after like, you know, a couple of years, they need to hire these people. Even if it's companies getting people to go abroad for two years, come back, but they need to work for the content for these companies. Um, so you're right. But on a on a macro level, you know, it's 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 change that's difficult to 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 well, to practice. I don't know how what your what are your thoughts on that? Um, so that's why people find it um, you know find it hard to, to stay on the continent because of these hard things that we have to go through to get the basics. 
But we do need to change those things so it's a chilling situation. Mm. And people from abroad also need to invest back home in some capacity, right? Like you said, social investment, actual investment, buying stand, in some capacity, 100%. Mm. I think that will definitely get us on the right track. But that macro, that macro question is still pending. So I'm keen to get your thoughts on that as well. Yeah, I mean, I think um, it's a tricky one, especially from a macro, you know, you can, you can have all these dreams and want to develop your country, etc. But if the, if the environment in which you operate in, in your country doesn't allow for you to do that, then the natural thing to do is to go to an environment that would allow you to do that, to build the skills so that you can come back, right? Um, I think for me personally, um, I'm, I'm exactly... Uh, not exactly, but I'm in the same place where you are, Tana, where I'm like, I guess it's the concept of building yourself up so that you're able to build others up, mm. right? And um, if you operate in an environment that doesn't allow you to, like, I, like, like we always say on the show, fill your cup before you fill the cups of others, then it becomes difficult to, to think in a macro kind of, of way. Um, and, you know, of course, like, you know, going back to histories of colonialism, etc. I suppose that's something that has been tattooed in our consciousness as well is um, thinking individually so that you can benefit the greater good. Um, I, I'm, I guess my thing is like I'm struggling to see I'm struggling to see how to be able to do that from a macro level as in like on a macro level point of view, we are all coming up to build our continent when there are these like discrepancies and when there are these like technological challenges, etc. I, I just struggle to see, you know, how it would be possible. And I think just in the way that we've, we've, ex or we've moved through life, we have found ourselves in international spaces, right? And we've seen how that has changed our perceptions of things, how we approach certain problems, etc. And I think there's there's a lot of value in that. Um, I guess this next step would be then using that value to, to benefit your country. But I don't necessarily, I don't think I would necessarily reject an opportunity to go overseas to gain a certain skill. Granted, I can't get that skill here, but there's a certain way in which different people and different places and different environments approach problems in a way that isn't necessarily apparent to me in my own country. And if I'm in a position where I have the opportunity to do that, I think, you know, then why not? Okay, so if you have the chance to go abroad and do something, how, how would you package that in a way that you can come back and still and still help the continent mm. and still help yourself? I mean, I guess it depends on, you know, what it is that I would be doing um, abroad. I think right now my framework where I'm at is um, there's certain things or certain skills that I have tried to attain here um, that I think can be supplemented elsewhere, right? And I think in terms of me applying them when I come back, I would have to go get them in the first place. You know what I mean? Um, and I think there's value in that. There's value in, in approaching and solving certain problems from different points of views, right? Mm. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's how I see it happening personally anyway. I don't know what you think, Fee. No, I'm just, I, I think this conversation is interesting. So I'm thinking about like, like the, the, the history of extraction, mm. right? And like, you think of like coloni colonialism, mm -hmm. yeah, um, of coming and extracting kind of physical resources, labor, whatever else that benefits European countries, mm -hmm. American countries, America. Um, and then thinking about extraction of kind of the current modern extraction that's happening where Intellect. it's like, 
intellectual extraction. Yeah, so yeah. it's like you benefited from the things that were taken from the continent. Um, and now it's almost like a, a move back to benefit intellectually from the skills that have, yeah, that have, or from the universities and whatever other institutions that these foreign countries have because mm. they benefited from us, right? So it's almost like a re-extraction. Of yeah, skills. I was going to say, why, 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 why not see it as reparations of some yeah, kind? Yeah, no, that's, that's yeah, exactly, some kind exactly of it. It's like reparations, yeah. re-extraction. But the, the point I want to make, though, is to be really thoughtful about what you bring back and yeah. not to bring back ideologies that are going to be harmful mm. to the continent. Mm. Um, I, think there's a, like, I think there's a way... Yeah, I, like European countries in, in America, like it's not perfect. Mm. Like the systems are not perfect either. The, the ways of working and the ide- ideologies are not perfect either. So just to be careful when you return. Um, to not want to impose to those. To not want to impose those. Yeah. To not want to be like, I, I went here. Them. Exactly. Yeah. I went here and I'm bringing this solution to Africa. Like I think that's where we have to be careful if we have global perspectives to really think about what works best in this context. I think we all do that, but I think it's worth noting. Yeah. Um, and, and I think yeah. also to also be intentional about um, the things that I can gain here that I won't necessarily gain abroad, right. right? Because a lot of the times we put superiority on the things that I'll gain abroad rather than what's currently available, mm-hmm. right? And we, we tend to focus on all the negatives of what's currently available or, you know, all the, all the things that, that make it difficult for you to do what you want to do but we don't necessarily focus on where the opportunities lie while I'm here, mm-hmm. right? And that's also, a, a, I suppose, a different approach to problem solving is, okay, I'm in this place, I have 18-hour power outages, how do I fix it, right? Is it, do I go to the UK to find systems so that I can come apply here? Or am I, you know, going to Ghana or Nigeria or wherever to see how they approach their power system so mm-hmm. that I can bring it back, you know? Um, so I suppose maybe an extraction amongst each other, yeah. <laughs> you know. Exactly. Than, yeah. yeah. No, no, I agree with that. I agree with that. I think yeah. I think probably um, Africa is the last you know wild west in terms of opportunity. So like you said, there's so many problems, but those are those, that's cash king, right? Those mm-hmm. are opportunities. Um, and just on that extraction bit, it is sad uh, that we had physical extraction, we had land extraction. Physical is still going on mm-hmm. um, from the European countries, by the way. Um, so. And that brain drain is, is, is painful to watch because there's a lot of talent uh, abroad in Harvard and McKinsey, you know, all these big, big financial firms, um, law firms that are, that are African in, in top positions. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's, 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 a, that's, a, that's a cra- almost a crazy cycle we need, to, we need to stop, turn back in some way. Uh, I think that's something we all need to work through as a continent. Um, but... I just think, I think one thing we need is, I think Africa needs a platform. Africa needs, you talked about technology and, and how, we, how we can all build Africa alongside all these disruptions. I think, I, think, I think the one thing we can use as young people in some capacity, hopefully some young developers listening or will listen to this, is we, we need some sort of platform that we all can come as one. I think that's the bit, and it's decentralized. I don't know what, what, that, what that looks like in practice. Um, mm. It could be a 10-year vision. But we just need a, a place we can come to as one that's, um, that's you know, obviously online, app some, somewhere, and we can talk to each other, participate, invest, you know, mm-hmm. buy from Africa, you know, manufacture in Africa. So something where an Amazon for Africa, mm. some sort of marketplace for skills, for products, for services, for everything. That's, that's, that's how we can start decentralizing some of these old, you know, old ways of, of, of governing Africa and, and then improve 
but and then turn back that brain drain because those people that talent abroad can now you know um export to africa but their services their knowledge their skills their experience something something right hope that makes sense but that's that's how i look at it no it does I think that's a good note to close on. Um, it reminds me of our first episode on Black Wealth Networks. If you haven't <laughs> listened to that, check that out. Um, but I think it's an expansion on the points that some of the points that we made in mm-hmm. that first episode. But yeah, it's been great. Yeah, thank you so much, Tana, for your time. Um, to our listeners, let us know what you think of the episode. Let us know if you think you can be about Africa, even though you're not physically about Africa. Um, we know it's a little bit of a controversial topic, just also because we have listeners from all over the world, etc., cetera, um, who are from the continent but are living abroad. And so I think it would be a very interesting conversation to have amongst ourselves. So let us know what you guys think. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at... Um, problematic underscore AFF. Um, alternatively, you can email us at afproblematic at gmail.com. And yeah, we hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank you so much, Tana, for joining us. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Bye. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Also, we value your opinions on topics. So follow us on our social media channels to share your comments, get more information about topics, and get updates about our next episode. Thank you for listening to Problematic as Fuck.